I'm on YouTube yeah, as well. Uh. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Evan and Aaron Show presents the Red and the Blue Soccer Freaking Chat. We are live from our respective abodes. That is Aaron in the red. Manchester United. This is me, surrounded by the blues, literally and figuratively, <laughs> of Chelsea FC. Aaron, my friend, if you notice, like, you know, depending on what you're seeing, I didn't even put dash, you know, Chelsea FC by my name. I, I just... It's, you're you're it's that of- upset by their performance right now, are you? You're like, God yes, damn. yes. How have you been, man? What's been going on? Um, a lot more of the same. A lot more of the same. Um, uh, working, uh, looking after my parents' house, trying to get all that taken care of, and uh, drinking hard. And oh, the, at man. the end of the day, <laughs> no, 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 no. how about you, you, my friend? <laughs> hey, no, I hear you, man. Hey, I, I will say, um, I, I think, yeah, no, it sounds good. Like, like I said, just, just, dude, it must be your personality. Like, you're just hot, dude. You're hot on the mic. You got the you know hot looking shirt and everything, man. I'm just saying. I can, I can, you know, it says Canton on the back. I can, I can pop the collar. I can pop the cop. Oh, damn. Um, do, we pop, do, we, do we keep it popped? Do we, do, we, do we loosen the button? Show a little bit? Is that, oh, oh, that, oh, oh, it's not that kind of show. Not it's that kind of show. Not not yet that kind of show. Not yet that kind of show. Man, I am I am doing fine. It is that time of year. Um, you know, you're you're back after the holidays. And mm. It's a month, it's a month already gone in this year. Um dude, super busy. Just super busy, but I am in extremely excited about being here with you. Um, I, just FYI, I have you know kind of evolved my beverage in this show. Um, I am going whiskey on the rocks tonight, man. So I don't know how this is going to go. This, this, this. Yeah, there you go. We, you know, this, this may go off the rails a lot quicker than what it usually does. Those are those are the good shows, man. Uh, <laughs> you know, I, I'm I'm glad we have sound this time. Uh, sorry, folks. The last time that we talked to you for eight minutes and like twenty seconds uh, without realizing we hadn't enabled. Um, one of the drivers. We solved, so we solved um, the entire world's problems, and we we, we did. Man. We we did. We talked about how bad the U.S. Soccer Federation is. So, oh man. Well, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining us tonight. I think we are going to kick things off. Um, Aaron, if you want to go ahead and hit the buttons, buddy. Uh, I know you're you're anxious to do this. Um, you know. <laughs> Yeah. So yes, uh, and you probably appropriate to start with United. They, you know, they played today. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, not a not a great performance, but I, I, I guess there's a few different ways of looking at it. In that, um, they they really gave up two silly goals, really, uh, and it just showed that they weren't awake at the beginning of each half, um, which is disconcerting, but. You you think that's a really easy 
box to check. The the players themselves are going to say we we did not walk out here ready. They're going to say it. You know, they're they're not going to need to have that one pointed out to them. Um, but the but the response was great, and I, they largely outplayed uh, Leeds in my opinion, for long stretches of the game. It was a sloppy game, which is what Leeds wanted. But I think United eventually took control of it. And uh, I'll be honest, I think a lot of people were expecting United to to perhaps pull it out and get all three points and, and make it a vintage comeback. It wasn't to be. Um, so a little disappointing not to take advantage. But, you know, Leeds comes in. They've got the new manager bump. That always helps. Um, yep. Yep. Weston McKinney in his first full start. Uh, really provided a lot of energy, you know, if, if not a lot of end product, he provides a lot of energy, a lot of fight, him and Luke Shaw square up, uh, I think more than one time. Um, yeah, yeah. And that's what that's what you want out of your midfield, and, and Weston and Tyler are going to be those kinds of bulldogs. Um, but, you know, United came back, played well, uh, really, really great to see Jaden come on and be aggressive. Oh, uh, you know, when, when when he came on previously, I thought it was signs of the old Jaden being a little reticent to actually run at people and take them on. Um, and, you know, I I know the feeling because cause as, you know, as a player and somebody who still plays, I notice that there are times where I'm, I'm essentially hiding on the field or not being as aggressive um, as I need to be. And it's hard to explain when and why those things happen. Um, mm -hmm. But it was really, really happy. Um, you know, things changed immensely when they made the sums. I feel a little bad, bad for, for Veghorst because he wasn't really getting any service. And then as soon as they changed and brought brought the players on, all of a sudden balls are, are, are flying in the box and obviously Rashford. Um, so, you know, they kind of need to look at why that happened. Um, but really the response was great. Uh, they've been on a terrific run, so this is a bit of a bummer, but let's face it, they're, they're still unbeaten, um, still unbeaten at Old Trafford, uh, point, just, dude. yeah, got, got, a, got a point, um, you know, I, as long as they, they kind of maintain a, a bit of consistency, you know, they've, they've got a lot of games, uh, I want to say, um, so let's see, they, today's the 8th. And they, they played on the first and the fourth, so that's one, two, three, including today, four, five, six, seven. They have eight games in February, and February is the shortest month. So, wow. I mean, wow. that that's just really mind-blowing, um, mm -hmm. you know, to, to see a team do, having to do that. Um, so the squad depth is going to be challenged. Um, you know, they brought in Marcel Sebitzer. Uh, and basically, as emergency cover uh, for the absolute – horror challenge from uh, uh, Andy Carroll on Christian Erickson, how he escaped being sent off in that very moment. I don't I know. No idea how that um, but, you know, we're out Erickson until sometime around May. Um, and, and that's that's a real bummer. I mean, the, the way the guy plays, it's really hard to replace somebody who has the intangibles that he does. And you saw the partnership of Casimira, Erickson, and Bruno really blossoming, and, and they're usually at the, the heart of you know good moves for United so that's gonna be a bummer Sabitzer's a different player he probably bring, brings a lot more energy um probably not quite the uh technical passer um but he's probably also more physical um so you know he's gonna bring something different um you know he's he's sort of somewhere between Casemiro and, and Erickson um but probably better than a Fred, you know? Um, so we're going to have to manage the games, uh, put out the appropriate players and players have got to be ready. But by and large, I'm, I'm currently very, very 
satisfied with what I'm seeing from the team. Don't have a lot of complaints. Um, you know, the, the fact that they were able to get somebody in in the transfer window, um, you know, on such short notice. I mean, that that all happened on the right. final day. And, you know, they had a dossier on Sabitzer. They, you know, they'd looked at him before and they'd obviously he beat the shit out of him two years ago in the Champions League while playing for RB Leipzig. Um, so, you know, they're definitely familiar with him. And, uh, you know, he jumped at the chance, too. So, you know, it was, it was a good fit all around. Um, you know, I, I know your team's, you know, it's kind of going through some of its own growing pains. But when you look up at Manchester United right now, what are you seeing? What kind of trends are you seeing from the team? Well, you know, as, as, the, as the opposition, if you will, you know, what, what do you see that's good, that's bad, that's indifferent? Yeah, I, I think that, you know, a couple things about United. Um, number one, you you could definitely see that they missed Erickson and they missed Casemiro. They mm-hmm. they they missed them. And but this is my first point is that even though they missed them, I mean, Eric Ten Hag, the the job he has done with yeah. not only putting together players and making sure that he has the right players in the right position, mm-hmm. the job he's done to get them to buy into what he's doing. Is amazing, absolutely amazing. Um, it it could have been over at two nil, mm. um, even at Old Trafford last year. Yeah, no, two years ago, it, it would have been a pure collapse. Last this time last year, it would have been a pure collapse. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Right, Nick, yes. they, they they were falling apart no. this time last no. year. So this this team that you see um, has has me very encouraged. I mean, I yes, I am a Chelsea fan through and through. Um, but I don't care who you root for. A good Manchester United team is needed for the EPL. You, yeah, you got to have a good Manchester yeah. United team. You got to have a team. You got to have a United team that that people are scared of. I, I think mm-hmm. that you need to be scared of Man City. I think you need to be scared of of, of Man United. I think you need to be scared mm-hmm. of Liverpool. Even though we can talk all day about Liverpool, like hey, at least. But, but you're right that. The league does need its big clubs yes. to be big clubs to, to behave that way. And, yes. you know, I think what's interesting about this season, and this is no disrespect to Arsenal, I'll give full credit where due, they have done a great job to be where they are at this point in the season. But it's still very hard for me to accept that they're the best team in the league. They've, they've yeah. gotten off to the best start, and if they finish and win the trophy, then I my words ring a bit hollow. But I think ultimately what you're seeing right now is uh, several teams that are in various uh, you know periods of transition. Mm-hmm. And you know, I, I maintain Chelsea is where United probably were this time last year. Although you've bought and brought in a lot of players, we'll get to that in a few minutes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, Liverpool seem to have kind of outgrown themselves a little bit. That you know, the, those are largely the same players. Uh, so maybe you know, just a little bit of, of fresh blood, some maybe some fresh tactics because they they do cover a lot of ground and they look a little tired. Um, so maybe just you know, bringing in some some differences, but. I'm with you. I think the league needs this, um, and Arsenal have just been the best at taking advantage of the fact that you know City can be got at. Now yes. they're probably still the strongest team. That if you punch them in the eye, they're they're gonna go <laughs> okay. Yeah, it's on. Let, it's let's on. see what we got. But 
what we saw today and what we've been seeing out of Manchester United recently is that willingness to fight back. And, you know, I think this time next year they do pull out a win because they will probably have one or two more players either already in the squad that are matured or new people brought in to be those type of impactful players uh, and, and, and get that and be what Manchester United have, have always been. I think Chelsea are, are probably, you know, in the, in the weakest position, but having, you know, the financial might that you do in bringing in these new players, it's really just down to Graham Potter figuring out yeah. who can play together. And, you know, the nice thing is right now, I think you're, you're look, try to win every game, but uh, I don't think Chelsea wants any part of the Champions League right now. No, and, no, no. and, you know, United fighting on four fronts is impressive. And it, you know, players want to play. So they're basically playing every three to four days. And you'd like to think we're going to at least get one trophy out of all this. And if we can get, you know, fingertip close to a couple more, maybe a semifinal in another one, maybe we end up becoming second place in the Premier League. That would be a huge feat. Um, you know, let's win this Carabao Cup against Newcastle kind of thing. This yeah. is all great from, you know, first season manager. Uh, and, you know, I, I really think Liverpool are, are, are in the strange place right now Yeah. because yeah, they're, like, you know, yeah. you, you've brought in players, you know, and, and maybe, maybe we can transition to that now and, and discuss that you've brought in a lot of players to me. It looked a little bit like throwing money at the wall. Like we need players. So I'm just going to go out and get this now to be fair. I didn't know anything about Enzo Fernandez and he does look like he'll be fine. He looks, yeah, he looks yeah, really he, good. He's going to be solid. So, um, but did you get that same impression that it just kind of felt like it was like, well, that guy's available and that guy's available and I've got all the money in the world so I can buy these players. Mm-hmm. Um, do you see his vision? Um, well, I just want to finish up on United. Sure. Quick, man. I, I, second thing I want to, last thing I want oh, to say sorry. is this. No, 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 you're good. You're good. Um, I do see this team challenging for the title this year. Um, yes, Erickson is a big, huge blow that, that you know, when, when will he be back? We we don't know. We don't know. Um, you, you know, Casemiro, okay, red card, he, he'll be back. He's coming back. He'll be fine. I think he gets back. Absolutely in. fair red card, by the way. He didn't. He didn't need to march in like that. And I no. don't think he ever intended to actually put his hands around uh, Will Phillips. Phillips, yeah, his neck. Well, some, yeah, I don't think he really intended to. He goes to grab him by the collar, and then his yeah. hands kind of slide up. But, yeah. but don't do it. You shouldn't be doing it at all. And you know what? Yeah. He's the he's the first person to know it. He was shaking his head as he walked off the field. Yeah. He knew he'd yeah. fucked up. He got himself caught up in yeah. the moment. But he will. He will. He probably was waiting on the guys in the locker room and apologized and said, "You yeah. will get the best version of me for the rest yeah. of the season." Yeah. And and that's professionals. So. Yeah, no, but man, I'm telling you, I I really do feel like Man U is is onto something here. Mm-hmm. They they're they're on a hell of a run, and as long as they keep listening to Ten Hag, they should mm-hmm. be they should be golden. They yeah. should be golden. Um, yeah, you guys are definitely going to win. You're going to let's win see real quick trophy. So today was two two, and then they turn around and play Leeds again at the weekend. Um, okay. What? 
Um, oh, two, 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 two. Nope, not going to do it for me. Okay. Looks like right here you guys are oh. seven points back. Yeah. Um, and so we play Leeds again at the weekend. That is not what I wanted you to do. And um, sorry, I'm trying oh, to do too, too many things at once. Um, so got Leeds at the weekend, and then next week, Barcelona away in the Europa. It's going to be interesting. Barcelona's been playing pretty well recently, and they're uh, you know, top in the La Liga. Um, but they're not the finished deal either. You know, I, I, Interestingly enough, I, I think a lot is going on uh, around the various leagues right now, and I wonder how much of it may have to do with you know, the World Cup being in the middle of the season, or maybe just some moons are aligning or something like that. But... It, it, it's really interesting. I mean, obviously, Bayern is top of, 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 of the Bundesliga, but you look, it hasn't been smooth sailing. Uh, PSG, I think, are, are, are top of league on, but, I mean, I didn't, how do you even measure? Uh, but look at Italy. That's all over the place. I'm pretty sure Napoli is at the top right now. Um, so you, you've you've had a lot of like shakeups, a lot of a lot of change mm-hmm. going on. Um, so, you know, Barcelona away, you know, if we can get – you know, a draw out of that. That's nice. Then come back home, play Leicester. Then we have Barcelona at home. Man, make that a classic night. Make the whole house shake. And then, uh, you know, to finish out February on the 26th, play, you know, Newcastle at Wembley in the Carabao Cup final. So, you know, wow. their destiny wow. is their own hands. And February could be, you know, make or break for them on, you know, it's going to let you know how many fronts can you compete on. And yeah, absolutely, you know, fingers crossed. Hit hit that uh, hit that blues music, my friend. And you know you want to. Need to update our chance. I, I I've been getting new <laughs> notifications from fan chance. I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to. Uh, update him because because oh, Bruno was not the game winner today, so I can't be playing the Bruno. Today. Well, you can't be playing Bruno. God, man, I tell you, um, yes, I totally thought that the things that were going on, we were just throwing money against the wall and seeing who would come and pick it up, and you know, hey, let's get mm-hmm. let's get this person, this person, this person. Um, I can't remember how to pronounce his name, Madueke, I think. Uh, Madueke, yeah, I think that is, uh, yeah, I think that's uh, correct. Yeah, Fernandez and um, Mudrick uh, are the three most recent signings. Mm-hmm. I I like this, and and here's here's why. Um, I like the way we are learning how to play. Um, you know, playing the same sandbox together. We have mm-hmm. a lot of. We've got youth. Number one, that was the biggest thing that we needed to address was yeah. that we were getting old and we need youth. And I think it, we went out and we got the we got the youth. Um, mm-hmm. You know, so that's number one. Number two, we have a 16, 16 people we have brought in. Let me make sure. Yeah, 16 that we have brought in during the course of this season. Um, 
And I think that with the exception of Obama Yang, yes, yes. I you know, I forget who said it at the beginning of the season. Might have been Nick said good luck. Um, yeah, I, I know what that meant, Nick. So thanks a lot for that. But I think that as you look at the people we've brought in, starting, you know, brought back, starting with Connor Gallagher, we brought him back in August, right? Mm-hmm. Um, all of them have had moments. And I think that whenever you see players having moments to where they're starting to look a certain way, I think that that's indication that, yes, we do. There's a spot for you on this team. Um, then you bring in, you know, Koulibaly, and you bring in, you well, know, you brought in Sterling and Kukurea, um, but then you brought in um, Koulibaly, same time, um, Fofana the following month in September, um, you know, skipping over Aubameyang, Chukwomeka in October, um, Zakaria uh, in November, um, you know, Hutchinson, Humphreys, those guys, Fofana um, in January. You haven't seen, you know, Zhao Felix, you haven't really seen these guys play a whole lot and and Mm -hmm. the fact is is that the the issue that we have is that we have as you have eight games in february we have five we have Mm -hmm. five in february um january was a disaster we started out with a draw with nottingham forest and then we lost a close one to man city and then we got blasted by man city we got beaten by fulham we eked out a one nil win against palace and then Liverpool and Fulham mm-hmm. zero, zero nil, nil draw. Um, we, we, we still can't score goals, but here's what I found out about goal scoring with Chelsea. Um, maybe Graham Potter is starting to realize that, um, we're, we're, yeah, we don't have a number nine. We just don't have a number nine, but we can manufacture goals. We can do this. Chelsea is a team that has the skeleton to mm-hmm. manufacture goals without a number nine, a clear number nine. Um, and maybe this is what he's trying to build. Maybe he's trying to build a multi-tiered attack type thing, which I'm all for. I'm like, I just, I just don't see us. I just don't see us having that number nine this season, but that doesn't no. mean that we circle the wagons and we pack everything up. We no. have to be able to score goals. And I think that with what's coming up, it's going to be crucial. Um, we have West Ham on Saturday. Uh, and then the big one the following Wednesday, Dortmund mm-hmm. and Chelsea. Uh, then we're in the, at the bridge with Southampton. Mm-hmm. And then we close out February Ugh, at Tottenham, and that's going to be. But difficult. but I'm 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 looking here, and you know the main issue is is the fact that three of those four are away. Okay, um, but setting that aside, West Ham have been struggling. They may be ripe to be picked apart. Moyes is probably one or two bad results away. Uh, you know, they, they say his job is safe, and I, and I don't want to see him get sacked. But I've been following the English Premier League long enough <laughs> to know that right. um, it, it could very well be coming. Um, and then, you know, Dortmund away. 
That's tough, dude. That Grand Potter's going to earn a salary there because you're a team in transition that is struggling for goals. So do you walk in there saying, you know what, we're just going to keep things tight. I've got some good, smart defenders, defensive midfielders. We'll play on the counter. We'll try to, you know, we'll 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 use the pace that we've got in guys like, uh, you know, um, Havertz and uh, uh, Ziek. You know, let, let's get that ball wide. You know, th- this is a game I feel a little bit bad for uh, Pulisic because obviously I think this would have been a game that he'd been very up for, right? Former club, definitely wants to show himself. He'd probably get love from the crowd. You know, those those are those are interesting ones to play in. Um, so, you know, that'll be I'm, – I'm interested to see how, how Potter's going to set up. Southampton at home, I mean, it could be a banana peel, but let's face it, they are struggling badly. And, sure. you know, that, that that could be a place where you really get an opportunity um, to, to stretch the legs. And then Spurs away, I mean, look, London Derby, you know, it, it's going to be a big game no matter what. Um, they played well the other day, but – I mean, I don't think anybody's convinced by Spurs right now. So, um, you Here's know, the key. I think the key for for the Blues fans out there, guys, we obviously, you know, we don't want to, we don't want our players to do this, but as fans, it's it's all about March. It's all about March. Can mm-hmm. we win? Can we win all three of those EPL matches we have in yeah. March? We've yeah. got Leeds at home. We've got Leicester City away, and we've got Everton at home. Mm-hmm. We have to win those three matches. Yeah. Um, I don't. I am not scared about being relegated. I am not. I don't, we don't even start no. need to start talking about that. But I would love to stay in the top half of the table, um, which I think we will do. Um, but I think that if we want any chance, any chance at all, um, to even sniff the Europa, mm-hmm. we have to, we have to perform well in March. We have to. Um, I can see Newcastle. I can see them taking, you know, some beatings and moving down a little bit. Tottenham may stumble. Mm-hmm. I, I'm going to say it. I, I don't see Brighton. I don't see them faltering. I mean, they've looked good. They, 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 the best they, thing about them is the. I mean, Brentford, Brentford, and Brighton yeah, have Brentford, are, are fully deserved of where they are. And and take a look. Brighton and Hove are two games in hand, so yeah. that yeah. could be that could be forty points by the time they've played the same number of games as everybody else. So the, the nice thing is, though, um, you know, you're on thirty and ninth place, but I mean, the three teams right in front of you, Fulham, Brentford, and Brighton and Hove, you could reel them all in with a stretch of two or three good games. If they don't get the results they need, and then suddenly you're you're looking at sixth place, and you know talking about the Europa and that that knowing that the team has has the quality to come back like that and to be in the Europa League, yeah, players want to go to the Champions League and blah 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 blah, but but it's all yeah, about ambition. Yeah, and if you can get yourself into that Europa League spot and. You know, obviously, anybody who's looking at, at Chelsea right now is licking their chops, saying, "Well, I know I'm going to get paid, and they look ambitious. He's spending money. I'm going to at least take the meeting 
because I want to hear what the plan is. You know, yeah. I, I'm looking at it and didn't know these guys well enough to say, are they, you know, do, do they belong together? You know, you, you look at certain players and you're like, oh, it makes total sense that Casemiro and Erickson are going to play well together. They're such, right. you know, right. consummate right. professionals. But you bring in guys from disparate leagues with different ages and stuff like that. It's, it's not always um, as, as easily understood among the players on the field. So you do have that question mark. But, you know, Todd Bowley didn't come there to fucking finish ninth. Right. He's, he's, he's there to win uh, trophies. And he's, he's there to, um, you know, put his name in the place of Roman Ramovich. And, sure. uh, you know, at, at least with his checkbook, he's putting his money where his mouth is. So Yeah, you know, man. I, and, and, and the last thing I'll say about Chelsea is if there's anybody out there um, who is questioning whether or not Potter's the man, guys, stop. Just, it's just too early. It, it, it's 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 rude to do. It's it's rude. It's dumb. It is. It, this is. You know what? As as much as Tuchel was frustrating for me, the guy was a great coach. And after a year, a fr- not, just a little bit over a year, it you can't. We can't keep doing this as right. Chelsea fans. We 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 have to get past it. There's one mm-hmm. thing about Abramovich that just got under my skin is like the the carousel like oh you're mm-hmm. not getting it done oh, you gotta go gotta go gotta yeah. go and i'm like man stop it just stop it's just not how the game has really ever worked and uh, you know he's he had some success um but the but the problem is you have to have a team that's already fighting for yeah. those things and yeah. the the problem is and, and i you know I've, I've got a few theories but i can't pinpoint exactly one thing and i don't think it's necessarily one thing but Chelsea got old. Chelsea yep. didn't look after the things that they needed to. And you know what? You know, maybe the whole, you know, Russia invading Ukraine and everything that has, has gone on really got in the way of the ability to do that. But Chelsea dropped off a bit of a ledge. There's work to do to get back to being that team the same way there was for, for Manchester United. Manchester United, you know, had a couple seasons interspersed there over the last decade where they were in the running. But let's face it. A lot of the time, you're like, "Are they gonna finish top four? Are they are they gonna get it over the line?" There were a lot of question marks. They were no longer a team to fear. No one was afraid of coming to Old Trafford, um, and you've got to build back up to that point and have some consistent runs before you can be like, "All right, I got to bring in a manager, and I'm going to give him two seasons to do it." Look, Jose Mourinho can build you a team and win a trophy. And he can come in and take a team that's that's right on the cusp and win a trophy, but very few people can do both of those things. Yeah, I truly. Agree. I agree. And I agree. to expect somebody to to come into this situation and not not give them the time, I mean, maybe maybe this maybe this is you know more for the second half of things. But why do you give Jesse Marsh a full transfer window and then fire him? After yeah. a yeah. tough result, yeah, yeah, you know, and yes, you're right. That'll be that'll be after halftime because I imagine we'll we'll probably discuss those two managers um, uh, for a little bit, ladies and gentlemen. Mm. We have reached halftime um, of the Red and the Blue Soccer Chat, and uh, those of you who are new to the uh, pod, this is the time where Aaron and I share um, a halftime shot, and my halftime shot. Tonight is um, what's called Cinnamon Toast Crunch, dude. Oh, lovely. It is. 
Yeah, it is a uh, a college drink. <laughs> half rum chata, half fireball. Oh, I know. It's. I mean, it sounds pretty good. Honestly, it actually sounds pretty good. Winter night, man, for winter night. Yep. Um, you know, props to one of my old, not old, but one of my former students, Des. She, you know, as a senior, she's like, "Hey, Professor Casey, you might like this." Um, I'm like, "Oh, um, okay, I'll try that when I get home." And she said, try this, mix it with half, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, cool. Went back the next day. I was like, that's dangerous, dude. It, it's so good. It is like wonderful, wonderful. So thanks a lot, Des. Appreciate it. Just saying. Are the Jesuits cool with the students giving teachers drink advice? <laughs> the Jesuits yeah. like their wine, I think. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, that's yeah, probably cool. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, here, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Um, you know, we we're not Jesuits, so yeah, and and so it's like Jesuits and then Franciscans. So oh, that's right. That's right. My bad. My well, bad. Here's okay. The here's okay. the thing. The president just hosted a faculty happy hour on campus, so I think I'm okay. I really, All right. All right. <laughs> I think I'm okay. Um, but yeah, no, dude, this is this is really good. But um, it's at this point where we actually say like who our halftime shot is for um aaron who's your halftime shot for you know what i'm going cheater method but i just want to give a big shout out to everybody at chatham tap fishers um they they support us greatly they uh we're not there tonight unfortunately but they, they let us broadcast from there they're wonderful hosts uh, they will be open at, I believe, 10 o'clock on Saturday, 9.30 on Sunday, breakfast both days. Ooh, nice. Oh, wait, wait, I'm wrong. 9.30 on Saturday, 9 on Sunday. So, oh, uh, but yeah. they, and they will have breakfast. Um, so I just want to give a big shout out. Uh, they had their uh, annual Christmas party slash if we like you well enough, you get invited to customer appreciation <laughs> party. Um, and, and they're just... They're just great people that that run a, a great uh, restaurant bar. Um, yeah. I don't even live near there anymore, and I, it's still what I consider my local. Uh, they they love the footy. Um, yeah. They've got great food um, and just some of the best servers, uh, bartenders, and management around. So that's my big shout out to them. Totally appreciate yeah. it. Hopefully, we'll be broadcasting uh, back from there before too long. So Absolutely. shout out everybody. Slancha, love y'all for tuning in. Like candy, dude. Ooh, that is not like candy. Oh man. Ooh. Beautiful. Oh. Also, oh. shout out to mom for having a Mickey Mouse shot glass. <laughs> Yay. Mickey likes his alcohol. And yeah, there you go. we oh, have yes. two new guests. Yes. We have Statler and Waldorf. They're in the house. Yes. Oh, that is Disney owns the Muppets. Why do we always come here? I yes. guess we'll never know. It's kind of like some torture. To do have, have to watch, watch the show. The show. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> okay. See, All I right. Told you. I told you. It's this. It's it's the stuff, man. It's the stuff. Um, so continuing on then with Jesse Marsh. Uh, and I think this will lead into a conversation about the U.S. men's national team. Yes, uh, was it harsh on Jesse? Was it harsh on Marsh uh, to get the sack at this point in the season? And 
uh, follow-up question. Should Jesse Marsh be the next manager of the U.S. men's national team and go? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to answer the second one first because I think it's, you know, well, he's he's available. So, mm-hmm. I mean, he, he's available now. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that you also have to look at Jose Mourinho because he's been mentioned. Mm-hmm. I know I know how some people feel. I get it. I totally do. But, it you know, to have a caliber, you know, mm-hmm. manager like that who actually is entertaining it, I think that you I think you dig a little deeper. I think you dig into that and you see what's going on. But still, because of the relationship, I like Jesse Marsh. Yeah. I like him as the US men's national team mm-hmm. um manager. I, I do. Um first part of the question, do I think it was harsh? I think that sacking a manager is always harsh. I think that it, it is it's one of those deals. I don't care if you're um it, it doesn't matter who you are. You know, to sack a manager is is tough. Um, you think about it. I mean, you know, Weston McKinney. Why did he come there? Did he come there because he wanted to, you know, play with the the guys, or did he want to play with Jesse Marsh, or a little bit of both? Because now he's kind of facing the same thing that Aubameyang faced in the fact that it's like, um, wait a minute, <laughs> I I was I was coming here, you know, because of because of uh, Tuchel. Um, I wasn't necessarily coming here because of Potter, and yet this happened. And what the heck? So, so I think that I I think that you look at that and in in that aspect, I think that second a manager at any time is harsh. Mm-hmm. Since, he didn't even make it a year. No, he really. I thought he was there. No, no, you're right. You're February twenty right. eighth of last year. Yep, didn't even make it a year. I think that for a team like Leeds. Um, Number one, there are going to be managers lining up for that because it the history that Leeds has, the mm-hmm. rivalry they have with Man U and other teams, the the massive support that they have is going to be, you know, it, don't worry about finding a manager. You don't need to do that. But for Jesse Marsh, I, I think that it is an, it is indicative of the times that we are in as far mm-hmm. as the EPL is concerned. I think that if you – if you set expectations so high from performing so well the season before and you come in and you've, he's only had two home victories so far this season. Mm. Um, It's, it's tough. It's tough to, to answer for that. It it is. Um, Four wins, seven draws and 10 losses overall. Uh, I don't know the breakdown. But I mean, yeah, if they've only got four wins, then only yeah. two, two home, two away yeah. Is, is, yeah. is not, you know. It's not going to cut it. It's just, it just isn't going to cut it. And so, you know, you look at your players, the players are the same pretty much from last year. Um, you're adding guys, uh, you know, and yes, you, you just naturally look at the manager. But once again, are, are you, is this the way the EPL is going? Are you mm-hmm. not, are you not able to have, you know, a, a, a mediocre or a down year. I'm like, this is this is not the way sports really work, man. I mean, yeah. think about it. We we endured. I mean, this is switching sports, but you and I endured the entire time having Dusty Baker manage the Cincinnati Reds, and yeah. <laughs> and so you know it, he was still there, but we still supported the team. Dusty, okay, fine, whatever. But they gave him time, and, and, and it just didn't work out. 
you don't you don't just sack a manager after a year. That's mm. that's my rant about it. I don't I don't get it. And here's what's interesting. I I think what has happened is ownership has looked at a trend mm. because let's walk through their results. Leeds opened the season with a two one win, a two two draw away, a three zero win at home. Against Chelsea, sorry. No. Mm-hmm. A 3-1 win against Barnsley. A 1-0 loss away to Brighton and Hove. And a draw with Everton to kick off the season in August. So they won three of their four wins in the month of August, in, in the opening. Oh, and then they proceeded to lose 5-2 to Brentford. Draw, 2-1 loss, 1-0 loss, 2-0 loss, 3-2 loss. They beat Liverpool two to one, um, which was only shocking because at the time everybody thought we didn't know what Liverpool was going to be like. Yeah. Yeah. Then a four three win at home against Bournemouth, and everything since one zero lost away to Wolves, four three loss away to Tottenham, which was a heartbreaker. I remember it. Three one loss at home to City, zero zero draw with Newcastle. So you're looking at draws and one goal losses for the most part they've had they've had one bad loss but their problem is they just can't score goals on a consistent basis and they typically lose one goal games yeah yeah sounds familiar <laughs> well and, but here's the thing you and and, and united ha, ha, have endured that has endured this uh several times uh, over the course of the last decade since Fer- since Fergie's been gone, when you're not getting the results and you're not getting goals, everything kind of follows on from that. Mm-hmm. Leeds is a good team. They have good players. They work hard. But Patrick Bamford is a championship-level striker leading the line for a Premier League team. They've just never really gotten there with that. Yeah. And yeah. to be honest, they'll create a lot of opportunities. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, they need more than just a number nine to finish them off. They need some creativity as well. Yeah. So and I think, th- yeah, yeah. They, they, yeah. Will, they will fight you tooth and nail for 90 minutes, but they're not going to knock on your door all that much. Yeah. And I, and I think that's what's got to change. As we have progressed, I look and I do see, I see improvements and we still, we still lose our heads every once in a while. And I get it. But I see improvements from Kappa. Mm. I see improvements from our back line. Um, our, your, our defense has has our defense has quote unquote won us draws mm. this year. Like you know, and, and and I think that defensively we're we're going to be okay. I think that once Potter gets the right combination, especially in the midfield, Mudrick he 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 has made runs. I think that has confused some of our players. Like when he makes runs from the midfield, he doesn't necessarily need to get the ball. He's trying to clear I, out space. And I think he, that people, get I so think excited. you and I both watched the exact same commentary that, okay, that, yes, that yes. made that made that statement. And I, and, and I remember in the moment thinking that's a great point just yes. because he makes a run doesn't mean he necessarily needs or wants the ball. He's yes. somebody who's selflessly making a run so that you can now take the space that he has vacated. So you know what? Maybe it just requires 
you know, six weeks of practicing together. Yeah. Um, yeah. To, to get it right. That immediately made me think of, you know, the, the difference between Mount passing to Mudrick and Mount passing to Obama Yang. Mm-hmm. Obama Yang waits and then takes off. Um, mm-hmm. You know, um, yeah, and expects the ball. He's making that run because he he wants that ball in behind the defense, and right. and that's a that's appropriate. You know, I mean, I like Obama Yang as a player. It's mm-hmm. it's you know, it must be his off off field mentality and the way that impacts yeah. how he ends up playing. Because when he's at his best, when you get the best out of him, and, he, and he's feeling good about life, he's a tremendous goal scorer. Sure. Um, but the same but, with Lukaku as well. I mean, yeah. these are the people that they were trying to get the ball to. But it seems like, and this is why I think Potter's putting together something that that deals with out having a true number nine. The 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 false nine. It, in my opinion, it can work. It mm-hmm. can work. You need the right skilled players in order to make it work, and mm-hmm. you need to make sure your other players are on that same page. Right now, it seems like the players who have been there. Mount James, um, you know, you know, uh, the, the the rest of the guys, you know, um, um, oh my gosh, Chilwell when he comes off the bench, those guys are so used to delivering the ball into the box, deliver the ball into box, deliver the ball in the box, that they've forgotten that they can actually dribble the ball a little bit, mm-hmm. that they can actually take on a defender and try and beat them, and it's okay because you have people backing you up now that aren't 35, 36, 37 years old. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, if 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 we ever get Conte back, I will, like, literally buy an entire round for whatever bar we're sitting in, man, because mm-hmm. to have that type of player back would be wonderful. But at this point, would – and this is something I wanted to ask you. Would N'Golo Conte – would he still be part, in your opinion, of of the plan? Would he still be part of the plan that possibly Graham Potter's trying to put together? Or is he going to be one of those type of mentor players that Tiago Silva is and just having I, them just coach the, coach the young guys? Well, but I, I, I think Tiago Silva is more than just a, a mentor. I think he's the kind of guy that if, if, you're, if you've got a big game, he's probably playing. Like he's going to play in the Champions League. He he may not play in the in the match before it. So, in Golo Conte, um, you know, if he can get back to a high level of fitness, because let's face it, that was one of the biggest things about him is the guy's engine, and he's just been hurt for so long that that might be difficult. But if he can get back to that level, then no, he offers something so completely unique. Obviously, he's a he's a veteran, and his leadership and 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 communication will be huge. But you know, if if you can bring him in for big matches, the versatility that provides because that allows Enzo Fernandez to push a little bit further up, right? He can yeah. he can you know uh, use those skills a little bit further up the pitch. Um, yeah, I I absolutely think there's. A place for him, not long term. Obviously, you're not like, oh, five years from now, we're still going to have Conte. But you know, this time next year, he could be an incredibly important player for the club to yeah. to use in in big matches. Um, and and you know, if one of the last things he does is help you lift a Europa League trophy, 
while you finish in third next season. And that's the platform for Chelsea in 2024-2025 kind of thing. Then that would be fantastic. I'm looking at your squad right now. And I I don't know what has happened to Edward Mindy, but he's clearly not even, I don't know if he's even second choice right now. Um, But you've brought in a lot of players. My question is, certain guys need to be moved on because they're too old. Mm -hmm. And certain guys need to be moved on because they're just not fitting in with this plan. I'm not, Cesar Pelicueta is only 33, but it feels like he's been around for about 25 years. And I just, (laughs) he has been a fantastic servant and he deserves his, 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 uh, his, um, what do they call him? His props, his testimonial. He deserves his testimonial, but he needs to move on. You need to find a new leader of this club. Um, he he's he's really just full of shithousery at this point. Yeah. Um, you know, certain people like Andre Santos, I, I think he's maybe one for the future. He's 18 years old. But Enzo Fernandez is 22. He's ready to hit the ground running. Yes. Um, I, I don't know if a Kovacic needs to stick around. Uh, it might be time to move him on. Ruben Loftus Cheek has had a lot of opportunities, has never really taken them. Um, you already tried to move on Hakeem Zayek, and I know he started the next game, but I have a feeling that he's he's going to go. I think Kai Havertz might even go. Havertz got to go. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm calling it right now. He does not fit. No. He doesn't. He but doesn't I'm looking at fit. you got Chukwameka. Uh, yes. Hutchinson, I'd like to see him more time. Hall has gotten a little bit of time. Abama Yang is clearly gone. Joao Felix, uh, I realize he's only 23. That's impressive. Um, I think Sterling has been okay. Not, you know, he's, he's not been groundbreaking, but he's also not been bad. Uh, I, I think he's fine to stick around. Uh, Boya, I don't know. Don't know. I mean, uh, pro- probably give him another season to see. Fafana, haven't really seen enough of him, but I know he was good at what was that Fulham or Born? Yeah, no, Fulham. No, no, no. Um, yeah, Fulham. Fulham. So and uh, Madweka, I mean, he's only twenty years old. I don't know. So you know, I, I I think you make some shrewd decisions to get rid of a few players. Um, um, and and, then, and also because you know, Aspelicueta is is probably on quite a bit of his salaries when he's one of the senior players he's probably eaten up 250 to 300 thousand dollars a week i'm guessing um and you can say let's try to find some 22 year old um maybe promote somebody from the youth youth or reserves or go out and find some other baller ass spaniard <laughs> like you did with yeah, him in the first place and 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 bring somebody in that you can really groom to be um that kind, that kind of player I mean, you, you, yeah. you can't – it's tough to go out and buy leaders. Um, it is. It you, is. Know, you, you don't say, oh, we're missing a leader, so I need to go find one, and all of a sudden they come in and they're like, yeah, this is my team. But, um, you know, like, ironically, I think Bruno is kind of that player for United, but we didn't buy him to be a leader. We bought him to be Bruno Fernandez, And it just turns out that, oh, it comes with him being a pretty hardcore on-field leader, and I like that. Um, but it would be great if, I mean, I'd, I'd love to see a Connor Gallagher role grow into that role and be like, I'm James Milner. I'm just, I'm going to give you seven out of 10 every week. Yeah. I'm going to be your workhorse. I'm going to do this for you. And I think he's got the ability to do it. So 
the skeleton of this club is there. You're all right. Absolutely. Um, I, I would just love to be a fly on the wall for Graham Potter and in Todd Bowley conversations. I'd I'd love to hear. No, I would. I'd I'd love to hear the machinations of it because I can envision Tin Hog walking in to meet with with certain people, and he's he's going to be right like this. What's Graham Potter like? I just don't know him well well enough yeah. in that respect. Yeah. Yep. So, ladies and gentlemen, that brings us to the Hey Aaron segment of our show, and in this segment. I get to ask Aaron a question, usually a visual or whatever type of question. But tonight is a simple question, my friend. You and I are having drinks right now, and um, I just wanted to get your opinion on the mid-season of, um, you know, of the EPL. Is anything? shocked you have you seen anything as far as uh disappointments um just huge accomplishments you know what what are the things that you've seen so far that you that makes you raise your eyebrow as far as the epl is concerned um i've i've been sad for certain managers i was really hoping frank lampard and steven gerrard uh, would mm. would be kicking off this next generation of top level English managers, and they still may, but uh, I I think Frank is going to take a break for a little bit. Um, yeah. I honestly I, I still have a question. I, I I know in the interim Chelsea have won uh, at least a Champions League, maybe the league uh, since he's been gone. But ask yourself, would Chelsea be in a better place right now if he'd have been given? that next 18 months or so. I don't know. I don't know the answer to that question. Just personally, I just, you know, uh, these, these guys were, I look up, look up to them as players and, and now managers. Uh, and I, and I want to see them be successful. So that's disappointing, especially, you know, the whole Sean Dyche thing, although, you know, he yeah. par- parlayed that <laughs> into, uh, you know, winning his, his first match, uh, for Everton and taking down Arsenal. So, you know, it's strange how the world works. Um, I gotta say, I I did not believe um, Arsenal would still be top at this point, mm. um, but they have a five point lead and two games in hand. So wow. you know they, they they can stretch that to fifty six points. Um, obviously, well they only have one game in hand on City, but they'll both play uh, more games. Um, so you know United sitting on twenty two games played, Arsenal's on twenty. That's a seven-point difference, so it could potentially be thirteen points. Um, you know, I, I'm I, I got I have to get props. Um, I really really don't like Mikel Arteta as a manager, um, but he has done a good job. And I don't like him because because I don't like the guys who act like, well, I never committed a foul in my entire life. My players have never done anything bad. I get it. You're there for your team, but you're also a dick, and <laughs> you're just. You're you're annoying to the to the fourth official. You're annoying to the other manager. You want to you've always wanted to start shit. Uh, he's yeah. he's definitely somebody I would have kicked in a in a game. Um, <laughs> but I think I I gotta be honest. I think the biggest question, the biggest what the fuck is going on is Liverpool. Right? Mm. I I I don't expect Chelsea to be ninth, and I don't think that's where they're going to finish. But it's understandable to me that because of the turmoil that they've gone through over the last year in, in ownership and then getting a different manager. I, 
all of it stands to reason that they were going to stumble a little bit, and I think ultimately you'll recover to be fifth or sixth place. Mm-hmm. But how do you explain what is going on at Liverpool? Wow. They, this is not only the same team that has run it close for the last four years in a row in nearly every competition, but they've supposedly strengthened with two, if not three, top-level signings that have just not panned out. So what's going on? And I'm, I'm not about to say, oh, Jurgen Klopp's job is in danger or mm-hmm. uh, I, I, he should be sacked or anything. That, that would be ludicrous. But somebody needs to be figuring out what the malaise is at Liverpool because if this continues, I don't think they're going to get relegated. But they're in tenth place on twenty games. So again, they you know they could if if they were to win their their next couple of matches, they'd be on thirty five points, and suddenly they'd be in sixth place. <laughs> so there's that. Um, but I don't think anybody has any confidence that they could potentially go on a run like that right now. Something would have to be a spark for them to change. And if they continue on the form they currently are, I could see them falling down to maybe fourteenth or fifteenth. You know, they're they're not going to get sucked into a relegation battle. And I, you know, as much as they're a rival of Manchester United and it's fun to, you know, have banter, I I don't, like you said earlier, the Premier League's better when you've got Liverpool, Manchester United, these these classic historical clubs. I mean, I kind of love seeing Newcastle be in fourth place. They don't have the trophy cabinet the rest of us do, but that club is historic and has a wonderful following. You want to see them in the running. I don't want to see Liverpool fall that far. Look, finish behind us. I'm cool with that. But, yeah. you know, you, you want that competition. You want that fire. And, and uh, you know, I, Klopp seems as confused by it all as the rest of us. Like, like he's like, I don't get it. We look, we look fine, and then we don't win. So I think those, those are my big hitters right there uh, is, you know, I, I – disappointed for certain managers as I always am. I hate the coaching carousel. I hate that bullshit. Um, and how quick, especially in the premier league, they are to sack managers, uh, props to Arsenal for being top and really just what the fuck is going on, uh, in Liverpool. So yeah, man, that's my take. There you go. Thanks Aaron. And ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining us tonight on the red and the blue soccer chat presented by the Evan and Aaron show, dude, it's, it's always a pleasure. It's always a pleasure. And we now have come to the final part of our show. Um, the, uh, Aaron's final thoughts segment. And I just want to say, dude, that it's always a pleasure. And dude, what do you got for us today? You know, I'm going to say this. Um, I did not have an opportunity to watch it personally myself, so everything has been news reporting after the fact and reading about how people responded. Uh, but I'm going to get political for, political for a second, like we used to do on this show, and say, um, you know, one of the disappointing things for me last night was you can think Joe Biden's not doing a good job. You can think that some of his policies aren't accurate. You can easily even try to accuse him of lying, but I'd really like to see how that works out well for the people who do, especially coming from them. But I found it strange that, you know, a good portion of this was about how if we just come together, we can be strong, we can be unified, and that the things that unite us 
are so much closer and so much bigger than the things that divide us. Um, and I just wish we could figure out a way to overcome that. And I don't have an answer. I'm not going to sit here and preach to anybody. But I do think this, and I think this is consistent with how I end this show a lot. Talk to people on an individual level and try to meet them on their terms. And even when you disagree, acknowledge that the disagreement itself doesn't make you enemies. It makes you have differing opinions on things. It doesn't make one person evil or bad because, let's face it, there's very truly few, few of that. There really is, right? Yeah. Um, so I think try to make that connection, uh, try to acknowledge that people have different perspectives, uh, from one another and let's find that common ground. Let's embrace the unity. Let's, you know, we don't, we don't need to choose conflict. We can choose, we can choose to agree, disagree, which is far, far better than choosing to say that whatever is the opposite of what I believe is evil and wrong and I need to stamp that out yep. and I can do better you can do better we can all do better but that's what I'm leaving you with tonight Joe Biden extended a fig leaf and I think people should choose to say I will take that and let's have a discussion yep. uh, it's not it's not giving in it's it's not losing your position. It's saying, I will try to meet you somewhere between these two positions so that we may move forward as as people. And that's what I hope to do in my one-on-ones with people on a daily basis. And that's what I hope to spread and share with everybody here. Because um, even jokingly, Chelsea, I, I don't hate Chelsea. Chelsea's a rival. You know, even even the the big ones, even the oh, it's Liverpool or it's Leeds or whatever. Yeah, that's fine, and we can have we can talk a little smack. But at the end of the day, we're we're humans trying to get through the day in the exact same way and get a little bit of joy out of watching our teams play, and that's why we're fans. And we can be fans of opposing teams together and still get the same enjoyment and put our arm around one another and say, "You won today." Or I won today, or it was a draw. Let's still go to the pint and have a pub. Yep. Or <laughs> go to the pub and have a pint. Yes. And that, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> is what happens when you join the Red and Blue Zaga chat. So love to you all. Uh, yeah. Evan, love you, my friend. Love As ever, uh, shout out to Chatham. Uh, get there this weekend and enjoy their wings. And um, got to be honest. I'm a fair weather uh, Eagles fan this weekend. Oh, 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 wow. Well, ladies and gentlemen, you heard it first here. Hit that theme music, baby. And we are going to sign out for tonight. Guys, let's thank you so much for everything you do, for the time you spend listening to our podcasts talk about the beautiful game. So, for my friend Aaron, this is Evan. The Red and the Blue Soccer Chat says, Peace.